1: Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone Montreal right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. The Press Zone, of course, is a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network and we are just so glad that you are here joining us today. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about, we're uh, we're glad that you're here for it. Um, I'm your host, Amy Johnson. I'm also the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I'm joined in the studio each and every week by our founder and editor-in-chief, and that is Rick Stevens. How are you today?
2: I'm doing fine.
1: How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. That's good. You had a good Father's Day. Thank you. you did, okay, that was a question, but that must mean you did. Okay. It was wonderful. <laughs> well, that's good. We hope all the dads out there had a great Father's Day. Um. And uh, your Father's Day came with a little Habs drama.
2: Uh, indeed, it did.
1: Just a, just a smidge.
2: Whether it be officiating, <laughs> whether it be, yeah, it, it was a little dramatic.
1: A little dramatic. Goaltending. Little, yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, we're going to talk about all that today. Good. We've got lots to talk about today. You have things to say. I think we do. I think we do. Or you think I specifically have things. Yeah, mixed. you probably
2: do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sit back.
1: Really? Well, all right then. Uh yeah, it's uh it's been an interesting week uh for the playoffs, uh that's for sure. Um as we're winding our way through the third round of, of the NHL, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh of course Do you the-
2: usually see an eight nothing um win in a playoff a third round of a
1: playoff? Talk about just a complete drubbing. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Trotz though. If that doesn't like what else is there to say? If that doesn't motivate you then you've there's issues. <laughs> It's going to be a big game. Since. And it's
2: interesting for all those who've been saying that, that uh, the Canadian division is so weak compared, comparative to, to mm-hmm. the other divisions that it didn't happen in the Canadian division or to a Canadian division team.
1: That's correct. I was going to say a word that starts with Y, but I won't because I'm not going to want jinx anything. <laughs> I don't want to jinx anything. Um, but yes, uh, so that's going on. The NBA uh, is currently kind of wrapping up its uh, second round, which they consider their conference semifinals. Um, so all of that action is in full swing. And of course, the action increases from game to game. And, and this is really where the contenders are separated from the, uh, the so-called pretenders in the Playoffs, and to give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free to play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. And, you know, the best part is that it's free to play. Uh, The DraftKings free-to-play pools are really easy to enter. You just download the DraftKings app. You go to pools and uh, you choose from a wide variety of, of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes.
2: All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that, bas- that day's basketball games and then track your results during the evening.
1: Now, questions will range from like which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first.
2: DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience.
1: Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. And again, that promo code, you'll want to use it is thpn it stands for the hockey podcast network as i mentioned we are a proud affiliate here at the press zone
2: and the nice thing about the the draft Kings, uh, sponsorship you get special deals when you go to DraftKings mm-hmm. uh using that thpn but they they also sponsor some of our other uh events and uh, we had one with our sister podcast the habs connection canadians connection podcast habs mm-hmm. connection on twitter a um, and uh, we, Yeah, we had a jersey contest, and uh, today, uh, or yesterday, it was uh, Nancy out in BC who uh, received her uh, Tyler Toffoli uh, brand new jersey from... Uh, ourselves uh, rocket sports media as well as uh, with our sponsors uh, at uh, DraftKings and the hockey podcast network she was very proud and showing it off and uh, we'll be wearing it tonight for uh, the game in vegas against the golden knights
1: fantastic so keep your eyes peeled uh, for additional contests coming down the pike Uh, you never know you could be the one winning uh, a Habs jersey or or something of the like very soon. That's why it's
2: so important to subscribe. So right now we'll, we'll remind you again at the end. But right now, while you have a chance, put it on pause and and subscribe to the Press Zone.
1: I like it and Canadians Connection. Mm-hmm. Just do both at the same time. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Uh, so what are we going to talk about today? Well, we are going to talk about how the Habs are doing in this third round. Uh, the The action has certainly intensified. Uh, currently. Two two going into tonight's game five. Uh, so we're going to talk about um, everything that happened uh, leading up to today, and uh, some some controversies that have come up, some new newsworthy and noteworthy things. Um, also, speaking of news, uh, there were two additional contracts signed by the Canadians this past week. We're going to uh, tell you all about those. Uh, and we did also uh, want to be sure to pay tribute to Tom Curvers, uh, who unfortunately and tragically lost his battle with cancer this week. Uh, and and just want to, uh, to talk about him for just a moment and remember him. Then... What you really don't want to miss is our second segment. Our second segment is chock full of information uh, right from the source himself. We've got an exclusive Press Zone interview one on one. Well, actually, two on one because it's Rick and I interviewing Mark Waitman, who is the president and CEO of the brand new ECHL franchise, the Trois Riviere Lions, uh, the Montreal Canadiens' new ECHL affiliate. Uh, Mark is going to join us and he's going to talk to us about everything uh, that you could possibly want to know about what's happening in Trois-Rivières right now from uh, the genesis and and reasoning of behind the naming of the team, uh, hearkening back to the history of the area to uh, what fans can expect to experience when they, when they visit and, and attend a game to why Eric Belanger was the right head coach for them to choose and, and, Lots of information, including um, you know the importance of being affiliated with the Canadians and and what that means for them as a franchise and for fans throughout the Canadians organization, whether it's in Trois Rivieres or or Laval or Montreal. So really great interview coming up in the second segment. You do not want to miss it. Uh, Again, that's with Mark Waitman from the Trois Rivieres Lions. Uh, And then of course before we wrap up today, we always have a feel good finale to send you on your way with a positive note. Uh, And uh, and then we'll be all set to uh, settle in and see what happens in tonight's game. (laughs) Sounds good. So first and foremost, before, you know, we want to talk about this bit of a roller coaster that this third round uh, semifinal has been for the Montreal Canadiens. But I will say uh, there, of course, was a lot that happened since the last time we met here at the press zone. Uh, There was the information that came out about Dom Ducharme testing positive for COVID. Um, There were some games in there. What I'm actually going to do is we're not going to take you back through all of that. Um, As we mentioned on last week's show, I had the privilege and honor of guest co-hosting the Canadians Connection podcast with Rick uh, this past Saturday, and we covered all of that from A to Z. So uh, if you missed that episode by any chance, um, I would just welcome you to go uh, search for the Canadians Connection on your favorite podcast platform or just go to allhabs.net and look for it um, and take a listen to that episode that will catch you up on all of the our analysis and and breakdowns of everything that happened in the early part of this series. Uh, what we want to talk about today really is Sunday night's loss. Uh, it was it was a pretty big deal Rick for for um, the Canadians to come out of Vegas uh, with a 1-one record. On the series uh, to win in that building with that fan base and and the intensity that that brings uh, was a pretty big deal. Um, and coming home, uh, they won again and and go up two one in the series. It's it's uh, something you know we keep talking about how uh, the Canadians are doing things that nobody expected. Um, and I don't think anyone expected the, to see the Habs sitting with a 2-1 series lead after game three. Um, and so we mentioned even on the, on, on Canadians connection on Saturday, that Sunday night's game was the pivotal game of the series. Um, that there was going to be a big difference between going into Vegas on Tuesday night for game five, up three, one in the series with a stranglehold on it and potentially, uh, you know, with Vegas facing elimination on home ice or, Vegas getting the momentum with a win, tying the series, taking it back to Vegas, now a best of three with Vegas returning to home ice advantage now with with just three games left. And that's exactly what happened. So um, from your from from your chair, Rick, what's uh, what are the you know, what are the real big things that the Canadians have to overcome from Sunday's game coming into tonight's game five?
2: Well, first and foremost, that they were so close, uh, that they were so close uh, to taking a 3-1 lead. Um, They played very well, Um, particularly defensively. I I thought that they played, um, you know, close to as uh, their their game plan as possible, A, a couple of uh um areas where there was blown coverage and and uh uh but for the most part uh and and considering that they're only playing four defensemen uh mm. four, primarily, <laughs> primarily. Four, four defensemen um they played pretty well and 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 to control the game the way they did uh and to come out without a loss has to be extremely disappointing um uh, because yeah the 3-1 lead in the series would have been uh, would have been would have been series changing. Um, mm-hmm. The the fact that they allowed Vegas to come back, tie the series, and now that Vegas has um, home ice advantage, and and you know it's when when people say about home ice advantage, it's not just the fans. Although you know the, the energy of the fans, the intimidating factor of the fans is is a part. But but the re- the rest of it is. Um, about the, the the matchups and the the final the last change and and um, all of those the long changes. Well, just uh, even
1: knowing the reactivity of your boards in your own building.
2: Sure, um, but you know it's 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 um, particularly with the defense the way it is. Uh, in Montreal, being and and the fact that you have a a substitute uh, goaltending coach coming in to 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 change those mm-hmm. those defensive pairings, that's much more difficult to do uh, on the road than than it is at home. And uh, is it impossible for the Canadians to to take two or three uh, two of the the remaining three games? No, but they have just made their task. Uh,
1: that much harder (laughs) a huge
2: yeah it's just massively harder
1: you know it's uh as you say it was so close and the funny the odd thing is and, and I remarked on this games three and four were exactly the opposite and in each case um the team that was frankly better overall in the 60 minutes for both game three and four ended up being the team that didn't win. Uh, game three, the Canadians had no business winning. It was an abysmal game for them. They had, you know, what, eight shots on goal through through 40 minutes of play. It was terrible. Um, and they got a lucky bounce at the end of the game, courtesy of Marc-Andre Fleury, took advantage of it, and then carried that momentum and and took it in overtime. But uh, for all intents and purposes, Vegas was less than two minutes away from winning that game. And, and as far as Performance, quality of performance throughout the 60 minutes, deservedly so. And then the exact opposite happened in game four. The Canadians were the ones who looked to be the stronger team uh, throughout. And it was a late tying goal by Vegas, uh, drew everything even. They took that momentum and they took care of things quickly uh, in overtime. Um, it was a very odd kind of mirror effect between games three and four. So, It's also made it so that each one of the games in this series, like there isn't consistency between both of these teams with how these games play out. In the first game, you know, Montreal looked a bit lost. It was a pretty, a a larger disparity of goal differential. It kind of looked like, okay, this was the team uh, that that Montreal, that's really going to stick it to Montreal. And then in the second game, they come out and they win, um, pretty decidedly and then and then these kind of odd game three and four so rick there is there's like no predictability uh it's it's very hard to to kind of guess what we're going to get for game five or game six or game seven if it goes that far Uh, because every single game in this series has been completely different
2: yeah i i just don't want to give the impression that that the games uh three and four played out uh you know uh, in an opposite way the the results uh the 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 final score uh was kind of uh in opposite but uh the 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 play was was rather different vegas well, yeah. absolutely dominated in game three like For sure like the Canadians had no business being in the game and Carey Price was sensational. Oh yeah! Now, the Canadians um, controlled the play, uh, but it wasn't a, an offensively, they, they controlled the game more defensively. Correct. It wasn't an offensive output uh, for game four and, and Robin Leonard wasn't tested as much. He was good, uh, but there wasn't as many second and third chance opportunities for him to have to deal with. Um, but it was, you know, he came in, uh, which was a, a surprise, obviously, uh, Pete DeBoer thought that, uh, uh Marc-Andre Fleury was getting a bit fatigued, um, and, uh, thought he could use the rest. Leonard came in, was solid, and, uh, and whether, whether, uh, Fleury returns to the, to the net tonight, uh, that's, that's the way it, it's leaning, but we'll, we'll see what happens. What's, what's, Gamesmanship and what's what's not, but uh, as you said, th- there's been so much unpredictability uh, between the way the games have played out, between who's been in the lineup, between mm-hmm. with uh, Dom Jasharm, you know, testing positive, you know, the 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 series has been so odd and unpredictable that. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon, testing positive barely got a blip on their yeah, own. and they were the like radar. okay
1: just add that to the pile yeah <laughs> it
2: it was it was quite odd
1: and uh, and oh sorry go ahead no fine go ahead uh, so i was just going to say you know as you say, every, everything was kind of surprising. Leonard starting was a big surprise. Keep in mind, the last time Leonard started was Game One of the Colorado series, and he got shelled mm-hmm. in that game. It was a disaster. Um, and so, of course, you know, Habs fans were hoping that was the Leonard that was going to come out on on Sunday night for Game Four, and they got the the strong Robin Leonard. I thought it was um, a little
2: difference between the. Avs offense and the Canadians oh, offense, it's just a tiny <laughs> bit of difference.
1: The sarcasm is dripping heavily <laughs> in this studio. We might need to clean up. Um, yes, for sure. Uh, offensive strength was was not comparable, um, but uh, he he looked much stronger than he did in in that game against Colorado. Um, however. The gamesmanship you mentioned that the gamesmanship has continued. Um, you know there were there were mistakes made uh, by some of the younger players for the Canadians in Game Four. Um, there, you know, Nick Suzuki had a, a, a pretty big error. Cole Caulfield had an error. Uh, Cole Caulfield still probably kicking himself for a missed opportunity on a breakaway that Robin Leonard. Um, I think everyone probably collectively held their breath as Cole Caulfield skated in by himself towards, towards Vegas's goal. And Robin Leonard was pretty cool as a cucumber as, as he stopped him uh, and then was asked about it after the game. Um, And Robin Leonard being a seasoned veteran made sure to say, well, you know, of course we pre-scouted. And when we looked at Cole Caulfield in the pre-scout, we saw that he likes to either shoot high or go five hole. And, uh, he showed me what he was going to do. And so I closed my legs. Um, and I think that took plenty of people by surprise that he would come out right out and say that. Um, and Rick today, Cole Caulfield met with the media earlier this morning, and it was quite apparent that, um, I don't think that he liked being, uh, called out as anything close to predictable by the Vegas goaltender.
2: Well, Cole Caulfield is used to doing what he wants, getting his way, being universally praised. Um, got a pretty big ego, and 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 when you play uh, the way he played in uh, the NCAA, you you earn rightfully that. so, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, goaltenders in the NHL don't act the way goaltenders in. Uh, um, um, college hockey react and no. and um, you know you saw it, it was almost pro forma the way Cole Caulfield went in and he expected he fully expected to score. Um, it was interesting uh, that uh, Leonard was was uh, so educated about what to expect on a breakaway from Cole Caulfield. You you'd you'd hope you'd wonder. Um, but it didn't appear so that Cole Caulfield would be equally uh, educated in knowing what to expect on a breakaway from Robin Leonard. Uh, and and maybe Cole Caulfield hasn't had to do that in, in college hockey. Maybe he hasn't had to to study goaltenders, um, he's just used to things happening for him, relying on his shot, relying on his moves, and you could see that that when he missed, he, he, he couldn't believe that, that he didn't score, mm-hmm. and it affected the rest of his game. Sean Reynolds from uh, Sportsnet mentioned it, um, how uh, Cole Caulfield was a different player um, and then he made it was Caulfield that made the crucial mistake um in in the the Vegas tying goal. And uh then Caulfield just, you know, he he played very conservatively after that and, and it affected his game and his offense. So um you could see it was it was it was obvious what Leonard was doing after mm-hmm. last game in trying to get in there, and and Leonard's a... You know, he's, he, he marches to the beat of his own drum. He's an odd sort anyway, but um, he, w- he obviously had intent when he uh, said that Cole Caulfield was very predictable and telegraphed uh, what he was going to do. Uh, Cole F- Caulfield didn't like that at all, and that was obvious in the press conference today. Uh, when it was brought up, uh, his expression turned... Uh, <laughs> He Angry? kind of
1: burned holes in the wall. Oh, absolutely! With the fire shooting out of his eyes, he just looked.
2: The words off. he used, his posture, his facial expressions—he yeah. was not happy. Um, and so, um, you know, that that could be exactly what Robin Leonard had had uh, intended—is to get in the head of Cole Caulfield. That's kind of a, you know, a, a rookie mistake, and. Um, as 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 uh, I said to our group, uh, um, the Rocket Sports group, it's up to Cole Caulfield now to answer that with a goal, absolutely, um, or two or three, or three and three, and it and right. it doesn't matter if it's Leonard or if it's Flurry in in net tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, he has to show that uh, he's not bothered, uh, that that he doesn't force things, that he doesn't force things to happen and make mistakes. Uh, but that he just uh, plays well, plays his game, plays the team structure, and uh, and scores a goal.
1: This is the Robin Leonard who, prior to Sunday's game, uh, game four in Montreal, happily announced to reporters, listen guys, I showed up to the rink four hours early today, uh, and I spent a good, a good two hours just marinating in all of the negativity about what putting me in the lineup was gonna mean for the Vegas Golden Knights tonight, whether it was from the media, from the fans, and and I use that as motivation. So this is a guy who, I mean, as you say, marches to the beat of his own drummer, goaltenders are, are notor- notoriously quirky as it is. Um, I have not noticed. Really? What position did you play? Uh, mm-hmm. um so they know how to play they know they know the mental game very well um and uh you know even today at vegas's morning skate um it was flurry that was heading off the ice first which would indicate you would think uh, that he'll be starting tonight um and emily Kaplan reported that suddenly Leonard yelled across the ice uh Logan go off first t- speaking of of their their black aces goaltender and so encouraging someone else other than flurry to leave the ice first um and and kind of you know really start the questions going and things like that so who knows what will happen tonight uh Robin Leonard is obviously full bore into playoff mind games mode and and now we sit back and we see how Cole Caulfield responds to that. I'm I'm hoping that he can have the the mental acuity to just leave it in the locker room uh, and and focus on his game and focus on his team when he, once he steps on the ice. And, and if, if he's able to do that, then I will, I will be uh, congratulatory of him in doing that. Um, but it's certainly something to watch for.
2: Now, Logan Thompson, um, given that this is the AHL uh, report, the, the, um, he was uh, the AHL's best goaltender, mm-hmm. an all-star in the Pacific Division, uh, on the all-rookie team, won the AHL's best goaltender award, uh, had a say percentage of nine forty three, uh, but all of that means nothing because he's not seeing the net tonight. <laughs> no, no.
1: <laughs> uh, Pete DeBoer, um, as as I saw Paul Bissonnette and the Spit and Chicklets guys and whatnot, we're talking about um, the uh, how uh, how brave. I'll put it that way. How brave uh, Pete DeBoer was for for. Selecting Robert Leonard to go in. I don't think he's tripling down on that and putting his uh, Black Aces goaltender in tonight. Um, he, he
2: actually answered that and said, um, how courageous was it? Uh, is it more cr- cr- brave to put in a goaltender who's fatigued or uh, one that I have trust in? Uh, I thought it was a really good... He's an excellent coach. He and, really is. And uh, he knows what he's doing. Fans don't think so sometimes, but uh, it certainly worked out for him.
1: And to their credit, I think that Flurry and Leonard have a very good working relationship. People were, you know, of course, oh, Flurry's gonna be so upset. And but you saw after that win, Flurry was one of the first ones over the boards and onto the ice and practically jumping up and down like a kid, excited for the team, excited for Robin Leonard. There was no signs of any any grudge, any ill will or anything that he wasn't starting in that game. So, you know. Credit to Pete DeBoer, he manages he manages that bench very well. A um, couple of contracts got signed by the Canadians this uh, past week. The first, uh, very pleased to be able to say that on Saturday morning, uh, Lucas Vadimo was re-signed to an NHL contract, a one-year, two-way contract, um, and I'm I just I'm very very happy for Lucas Vedamo. He certainly deserves this contract. This past season, you know, we've 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 been big advocates of him as a hockey player uh since the first time we saw him playing for Team Sweden in the World Juniors. Um just his poise, his skill level, his talent, his abilities, his hockey IQ. Um we could see it was there and the work ethic. Um of course, he's, you know, he's one of those Players that is, you know, taking the the slightly longer route to the NHL. Uh, there's been some ups and downs. There's been some seasons that he's really struggled. But this past season was really a standout year for him. And even I remember even speaking with him on there on, on the exit day, you know, talk, he just he talks about how. Uh, how much more confident he feels. He feels that this is some of the best hockey he's played in a while. He wants to build on that for next year. I'm just, I'm super excited to see that the Canadians value him in that way as well, and I'm excited to see what he brings to training camp in the fall.
2: And it was nice when he was called up uh, that that he wasn't out of place at, no. at all. Uh, but this year in the AHL, his his game really matured. As you said, he's he's very smart um he's he's uh, got a great work work ethic and uh playing a little bit more physical too and and uh, he'll be somebody to watch in the fall
1: and perhaps part of the reason that he really did have a, a, a an upward movement this season was because in addition to the 13 points that he had in in the 27 games he played with the Laval Rocket he was one of the players that opted to play in Europe um In the fall when the European leagues got started and everything was uh, postponed here in North America. So um, he played 16 games uh, over there with two goals and eight assists in those 16 games. So he had, while he didn't play a full AHL season, he had a, you know, a much more full hockey season, even though still abbreviated, but a f- much more full hockey season than than some other people did, um, and I think that probably played well to his advantage. Uh, the other contract that got signed uh, this week is uh, Laurent Dauphin earned himself – a one-year two-way NHL contract with the Canadiens. Uh, he in his sixteen, uh, sorry, in his twenty-one games uh, with the Laval Rocket this season, he had sixteen points. Uh, of that, were were five goals, um, and Laurential fan seems to be a. The fans seem to like him in Laval. Uh, Joel Bouchard certainly likes him. He does. He does rely on him uh, plenty. Um, I see him as a – I believe he's with the Black Aces – right now, I think maybe question mm-hmm. mark. Um, he is, he is. And, but, but I truly, I see Laurent Dauphin is an AHL player. I don't see much NHL upside for him. Um, so the, the, the two way NHL contract, I think is, is probably pretty exciting for him. I, I think that's uh, a little bit of a stretch. I would have, I would have seen him on an AHL, on an AHL contract, but, um, congratulations to him. Uh, he certainly has, um, at least made an impression within the Canadians organization uh, and and with the fans and uh, the 26-year-old will be back for another season.
2: The uh, press release from the Canadians was sure to uh, mention that he is a Quebec-born uh, player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's approaching 300 games in the AHL. He's an he's an AHL player. And And, and listen, his his uh, foot speed uh, at the AHL level is um, is questionable. He's a step behind uh, at that level, so he certainly he doesn't play the game with pace, uh, or he doesn't have the foot speed. Uh, you know that's 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 uh, that's out of the question for his NHL. Will he get a chance just um, to fill a role? He might, uh, but yes, he's he's there because. He's a, you know, a lunch pail kind of player that that Joel Bouchard likes and and he's a, a local player that fans can cheer for.
1: Absolutely. So expect to see lots of him in Laval uh, next year and uh, hopefully he can uh, continue uh, being productive for the Rocket and, and Joel Bouchard uh, there in the AHL one other thing that we wanted to mention before we head to to our break uh, just wanted to pay tribute to uh, former Canadians defenseman Tom Curvers uh, of course won the Stanley Cup with Montreal back in 1986. Uh, at the age of 58 he uh, tragically lost his uh, battle with lung cancer this week uh, and uh, and is no longer with us uh, Rick it, you could see the uh, you know whether it was from the AHL the NHL um, of course, you know, spent uh, most recently uh, serving as assistant G- GM for the Minnesota Wild um, actively. Um, you could just see the tremendous outpouring all across the hockey world uh, upon the news of the passing of Tom Kerber's.
2: Uh, both in his playing career and and in his playing career, he was a, a very skilled defenseman, a, a, a puck moving defenseman. Um, in in his playing career and his his post playing uh, career um, in um, you know director player personnel or scouting, he was um, um, associated with nine or ten organizations and you saw all those organizations and and uh, many others uh, you know expressing their. Um, yeah, they're, they're real sadness. This mm-hmm. is a, a tragic situation. Uh, Tom Kervers, um, you know, has the distinction of, he was a, a Hobie Baker Award winner and and one of three Canadians uh, to win the Hobie Baker Award, uh, Tom Kervers, uh, Bla- then Blake Jeffery, and and of course, uh, we talked earlier about Cole Caulfield.
1: Absolutely. So our thoughts and condolences go out to the Curvers family and the Minnesota Wild uh, and everyone else who is feeling the pain of his loss this week. We are going to take a quick break. On the other side, an interview you do not want to miss. We've got an exclusive uh, sit down with Mark Waitman, the president and CEO of the ECHL's newest franchise, the Trois-Rivières Lions. Uh, That is coming up right after this break. You do not want to miss it. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone, right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. We're so glad you're with us uh, once again. My name is Amy Johnson, your host for the day, and uh, Rick Stevens, of course, is my co-host. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. There's a few ways you can do that. Um, if you'd like to find Rick, he is at All Habs. If you'd like to find me, I am at Flyers Rule. In addition to that, we'd love for you, of course, to follow at the AHL Report. That's the place to go to keep on top of all of the great content we have that comes out about the AHL, the ECHL, prospects, you name it, um, and uh, is is the place to find um, game recaps, um, player profiles, uh, notepad articles, kind of summarizing news of the week, and so on and so forth. So um, be sure you're following at the AHL Report. As well, well, we're quite honored right now uh, here at the press zone to be joined by uh, President and CEO of the Revere Lions, and that is Mark Waitman. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for for being here with us today. Uh, we are very excited to talk to you about uh, this new venture and and new franchise coming into the ECHL.
0: Well, thanks, Amy. I'm I'm really I'm happy to chat with you uh, about our. Uh, our fun and exciting project. We've had a lot of stuff going on. and uh, happy to uh, happy to share it with Excellent. you.
1: Excellent. Well, I guess my uh, you know. My first question really is let's talk about that excitement. You just had uh, your your team name and logo and, and, and branding profile launch uh, just recently in the last week or so. Um, can you just talk a bit about the excitement of actually now having gotten that launch out there, you can, you can tell fans and everyone in the community who you are and what you represent and, and really what that symbolism of of the name and the logo really means to the community there in Twelve Revier.
0: no absolutely um well first i have to say it's a relief because we've been working on this for many many months and i i i had this fear that i was going to accidentally you know drop the name early and 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 let the cat out of the bag (laughs) pardon the pun um and uh so i'm glad that i didn't do that and i'm happy now that I, i don't need to to worry about um doing that anymore um it was a process that took us many many months and and for good reason um, so to give you a bit of context, so uh, we started last December by uh, doing a, a, a public uh, contest um, with the part, with the help of our radio partner here locally um, to ask fans to send us in their suggestions and their suggestions with uh, for the name and, and and maybe ideas for the logo and and why and tell us your story and we got um, that that lasted a few weeks we got over five hundred suggestions wow. sent in to us, which was really, um, really exciting to see the the amount of engagement we had. And what was really exciting about that, Amy, is it, it was obviously many people from trois and from the Mauricie region, which is like, the, the for those that don't know, it's, it's smack dab in the middle of Quebec. We're in the heart of Quebec, halfway between Montreal and Quebec City, and it's very easy to get here. It's an hour and a half from everything. Um, and um, But we had so many suggestions sent in from people throughout the entire province and a lot of people from montreal and quebec city and so that that was really exciting to see and then what we did is we narrowed it down to um eight different names or uh, uh, concepts and uh we did another little contest i say contest because people could win a prize by sharing with us their um their uh their preferences and again encouraging them to tell us why and that time because it was a little easier. You just had to click what you liked. And we had almost over 5,000 responses, formally and informally. And what I mean by that is emails, um, comments on the website, but social media, uh, tweets, engagement answers, obviously a lot on Facebook. Uh, It was really overwhelming. And once again, throughout the entire province. So one thing we realized is, this is gonna be a team that will uh, will be, that there's an interest throughout the entire province, and, and we needed to keep that in mind. Um, what we did with the name and the logo, first of all, why the Lions? The Lions in the 1950s was the only other, uh, was a team, a professional hockey team that represented Tour Vier, and it's the only other professional team that ever played here in Tour Vier. So it's a little bit of a flashback to that team. Uh, some interesting names played for that team, like Léon Rochefort, who went on to play for the Habs, um, uh, even guys like Jean Rattel and Rod Gilbert, who played for here, not many games, but you know, nevertheless, were a part of that history. Don Cherry, believe it or not, played uh, a season wow. the for the Lions. Uh, not many people know that. <laughs> um, so there was a, there was a fun history there, and so that was the reason for the Lions. But now to explain the name and the branding um, in this these two processes that I just explained to you where we engaged the fans, we got a lot of suggestions that were really rich in history, really engaging and really uh, we found very very interesting. Uh, one was everything about the the the, the forges, the, uh, the, the, the the blacksmith industry, mm-hmm. the, the uh, steel industry that uh, was the pride of, of, of all of eastern Canada at, many, at, at, a, at a time uh, several hundred mm-hmm. years ago that, that still today uh, Les Forges du Saint Maurice is, is, is a national landmark and museum, and, and very uh, important here. Um, and so we, we retained the, the passion that people had about that pride of that, you know, it's a hardworking you know industry where people work hard and dedicated and strong. And so that was interesting. Um, we also had suggestions that were um, related to the history of the region or the city. Some people even suggested the team should be called the sixteen. It sounds better in French, trust me. But the sixteen thirty fours, which was the year of the foundation of the of the of the city in sixteen thirty four, the second oldest city in in uh, in all of eastern Canada, or all Canada for that matter. And so, again, it was to the pride and history of the city. The, another name that was brought up was Le Flambeau, which loosely translates is, is the mm-hmm. torch. And um, obviously, there is a neat little tie in there with the tradition of the torch with the Habs, you know, to you from Falling Hands, we pass the torch from captain to captain over the years. But also, what people don't know unless you're from Torrevere is there is a very large monument in the heart of old Mont- of old Vier, excuse me, that was built in 1934, which was to commemorate the 300th anniversary of the foundation of the mm. city. And so it's a landmark. It's a big pillar that has a flame on the top of it, uh, a little bit like the Olympic flame cauldron or whatnot. And um, it's another pride, it's just a pride of of the city here. Um, And the city was founded by uh, Siard La Violette, uh, who uh, the the very large bridge that crosses the St. Lawrence here is named after and a lot of different statues and things like that, obviously the founder of the city. So when we... um, learned about all of this and we looked into it and we met with historians and we talked to we you know we looked into the history books ourselves and talked to people that knew of the history of Tour de Vier and the sporting history as well we found it too rich a story to not to 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 ignore and so what we did was we endeavored to try to incorporate these other stories into the concept of the lion all along keeping in mind that our brand we want to be very very Quebecois we're going to have a lot of homegrown players playing, and we want to be the ECHL club for all of Quebec. So our logo, for those that haven't seen it, it's the face of a lion, but in the shape of the uh, fleur-de-lis, mm-hmm. so the, the, which is the, the, the strongest Quebec West symbol that you can have, which you find on the Quebec flag. But within the design of the logo, first of all, it's blue, which is Quebec blue, and steel gray, which is a tie into the steelworks industry. Um, the head of the lion, the top of the mane, is in the, if you look closely, is in the shape of a torch, le flambeau, tying into the monument and the history of the city. And um, If you also look at the, uh, the mustache and the, the little pinch or beard of, of the lion, uh, you realize that if you, look, if you were to Google La Violette, or Sierra La Violette, the founder of the city, it was back in those days where you had the little curly mustache. <laughs> and the little. So there's a bit of a La Violette style and a bit of a, a, a wink to the to the whole era in the look of the logo. So every little bit of the logo has a, symbol, a, a sense of symbolism to it. And it's the reason why we were very proud of what we were able to finally launch, because it tells a story. It tells a story that is very Trois-Rivières, that, that talks about the history and the pride of this city, the city, and as well as the strength and determination of the steel workers of this town, while tying in all the same to the Lions hockey team of the past.
2: Mark, uh, the, the path to securing an ECHL franchise for TR came with, uh, let's say, some, uh, let's say some, some twists and turns. turns. It, it, it turned out it was a fascinating uh, story for us to, to follow and to cover. Um, and guiding the ship uh, the whole way was McDonald's Dean McDonald, chair, chair of Deacon Sports Entertainment. Uh, he brought you on board. He brought uh, Marc Andre Bergeron, uh, who had been uh, an envoy envoy of sorts for Trois Rivières. Um, can you talk about uh, Dean, his commitment to bringing the franchise, uh, his leadership through this uh, this whole process?
0: Well, clearly, if it weren't for Dean, none of us would be talking today. Um, his, uh, his passion and, de- and determination to, to, to make this happen is, is really, you know, 98% of why we're here today. Um, and uh, the, um, there, there were some obstacles, there were some challenges uh, early on for, for, for a bunch of different reasons. Um, but, uh, you know, again, he, he was determined to make this work. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, when we were able to sit down uh, with the people here at the city and 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 really look at the project as a whole and 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 figure out what the best um, path to, to success uh, was, both for what we wanted to accomplish as a as a hockey organization and, and also a promoter, because we, we also. Have the commercial rights to the building. We also have the. Uh, we run all the food and beverage, and we will be the official uh, uh, exclusive promoter for for other sporting events in the building or other events uh, uh, at large. Um, we were able to uh, really get a clear picture of what is a win here for the city and what is a win for us, and how we make sure to make those two things meet in the middle. And um, and uh, and that's how we were. And honestly, from from that point forward. Um, it was uh, it was smooth sailing it, it took a lot of time there's a lot of details that need to be tied up um, I think uh, I'm, I'm actually very very proud of the way that we were able to tie together um, so many of the details so that we so that nobody has surprises down the road uh, on the city side or on our side and I think um, it's a it's a model to be uh, uh, maybe uh, used as an example for for uh, for others in the sense of um, being able to, to, to really, I realize this may t- sound a bit cliche, but to make sure that it's a win-win, but not just in words, but in, in facts at the end of the day when everything's all done. And uh, so thanks to Dean and, and his willingness to, to, to invest here locally, um, his, his vision has been very, from the very get-go is uh, this needs to be a tour team. We need to become a part of the fabric of this community um you know with youth hockey with the business community uh we want to play a um a role in, in 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 the community here and, and in the renaissance of 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 uh i don't know how should i say this life as we know it now that we can finally <laughs> see the light at the end of the tunnel as we come out of this pandemic and, and try to get back to some sense of normalcy and and revitalizing the, the economy and, and businesses and 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 the entertainment business as well.
1: Absolutely, it's 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 very exciting. Now, y- you've you folks have had uh, quite a week of announcements, uh, not the least of which is the announcement of the franchise's very first head coach, Eric Belanger. Can you describe for us why uh, he was the right fit to be the first bench boss for for Twelve Revere
0: um, At the end of the day, uh, it's a combination of what he brings to the table and the type of person he is. Um, I think that uh, first and foremost, especially when you, when you hire a head coach, I mean, he's going to become the face of the franchise, uh, especially in a league like, like the ECHL where you're going to have a lot of player movement. Um, your, your, your coach, uh, much like in the AHL, your, your, your coach becomes a, an even bigger part of what that, that face of the franchise is. And um, so uh, everything from his, who he is as a person and his values uh, and his vision as to what this team should represent, and the role that we need to play in in, 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 the bigger picture here, community wise and otherwise, uh, was, it was a big part of that. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, you know, he, he, he finished playing not that long ago and he's, he spent the last uh, five, six years coaching at different amateur levels. And, um, he, uh, so he, 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 brings to the table, uh, uh, not so much in his, in his professional coaching experience, but as a guy who's, you know, played 14 years in the NHL and several years in the AHL and and, and even over in, in the KHL for, for a short moment. Um, the amount of experience that he has in the, in the hockey world, um, you know, really speaks to 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 the. Uh, the person uh, that he is and, and what he, and what he brings to, uh, to the table. And, uh, uh, we went through a very diligent process. Um, you know, Marc-Andre Bergeron, our general manager and, and, uh, and Eric, uh, uh, known each other for a long time. They were teammates for a long while. And so some people thought, oh, well, it's cause they're buddies. That's why we hired him. Uh, I, I can confirm, uh, for both of them that, uh, that definitely was not the case. Uh, we put him through the same, Processes everybody else, uh, several different levels of interviews uh, that we all participated in, uh, and um, but at the end of the day, it was clear to us that uh, he he was he was our man, and we're very uh, happy and feel very privileged to have him uh, have him with us.
1: Interesting. Excuse me. Just as a follow up to that, you know, you, you talked about how um, you know all of the things that he brings to the table, um, and and not necessarily Obviously, he this is his first um, pro hockey coaching experience. <laughs> kind of in a in a parallel situation, I recently spoke with Ian Lapierre upon being named the new head coach for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms AHL franchise, who he is now taking a position of which he's not coached at the AHL level before, and he talked about how he'll likely bring in assistants who do have a lot of AHL. Experience, whether it's playing or coaching, in order to help him kind of navigate what the American League is all about. Do you anticipate uh, Eric doing something similar in terms of who he'll have with him behind the bench to help him navigate uh, the, the coaching pro hockey from that standpoint?
0: Yeah, no, that's a very good point, um, Amy. And you're right. Um, I don't want to speak for Eric because we still need to see he still needs to confirm a lot of things and, and, and as far as availability and, uh, of candidates and whatnot, which is a process that's obviously well on its way. But, but yes, I think uh, Eric recognizes uh, very clearly that um, he wants to surround himself with, with strong people, the people that are going to uh, support him and also will compliment him uh, in his strengths and, 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 and areas that he has less experience. Uh, and so to get someone with uh, pro hockey coaching experience Ideally, ECHL co- uh, coaching experience or, or at least at a high level coaching experience, uh, I'll, include the, I'll include the Q in there, mm-hmm. um, is, is clearly um, something that uh, he would like to do and that uh, he's uh, hard to work on uh, right now trying to accomplish.
2: You talked about the, the connection um, through the logo to, to the Montreal Canadiens. Certainly a key piece in the success of, of securing the franchise was ensuring that the Montreal Canadiens were connected to this project. Um, Canadians um, have been without a fully dedicated ECHL franchise for, for several years. I uh, wondered if you could talk about the importance of the Canadians' involvement and then maybe um, add, or, or secondarily, um, We've, See we, a we've seen a number of models ECHL, used in the ECHL. There's, there's uh, some teams that uh, work a little bit more <laughs> autonomously. There are some teams uh, like the Growlers uh, and, and the Leafs uh, organization that operate kind of a, almost a Major League Baseball model with a triple-A, double-A, AA, so, that, so that many of the decisions, the coaching decisions, come from the Leafs, the, the style of play, the systems they use. Um, so I wondered if you could talk about the Canadians' involvement in getting this done and then how involved they will be in the decision-making going forward.
0: Um, yeah, no, great question. I think um, I'll use the Growlers as an example, uh, as a starting point. Um, I-, I think our model is going to, we will have a little bit more independence uh, than, uh, than uh, the Growlers' beefs um, um, arrangement has been. Um, however, I, I, I can't say enough how the participation of the Habs uh, is is uh, so important in all this, and they've been such a big help. Um, you know, uh, uh, Marc Andre uh, is uh, either speaking or texting or calling or meeting on a daily basis with the the folks at the Habs and the hockey uh, and their hockey department. Uh, the collaboration has been fantastic. Talking about players and um uh, vision strategy and all that um, same thing when we when we talked about uh, our coaching options um uh, they weren't directly involved but clearly you know they were they were uh you know they gave us their opinions on things we talked about our vision and strategy and candidates um so I can't say enough about the collaboration that we've gotten from them um all along and 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 we can feel their 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 excitement about this too cuz you said this is the first time that the Habs have their own dedicated ECHL franchise, and uh, I think they're just as excited about it as we are. And uh, and uh, you know so they're going to be able to help us a lot, and, and we're going to make it our job to make sure that we help them by finding uh, uh, finding those uh, sometimes unpolished gems that are that just need that extra year or two to, of development that we can then send them up the ladder and hopefully have them see fit play for the Habs one day.
2: Mark, you mentioned how this team, uh, the Lions, is uh, going to be a fabric of the community uh, that it plays in, and, and uh, you talked about the interest uh, province-wide and the, the amount of engagement you've had also, so you're going to feature homegrown players and, and, and market directly to uh, uh, your community, but on the other side of that, we know that, that Habs fans are everywhere, and we, we certainly have seen that uh, now in the semifinals of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and and uh, covering we've also seen how uh, the interest uh, worldwide globally uh, about the Laval Rockets. Um, so um, do you have plans to to reach beyond Quebec to Canadians fans through your through your broadcast, through your websites, through your social media to to ensure that they're engaged as well?
0: Well, we want to be able to reach uh, we want to be able to conquer. <laughs> if, if I can use that word, that's a good um, word. You know, take on the world. But no, we want to start. Obviously, all Habs fans. Um, uh, we we would like to be able to, to 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 reach all of them and be able to, you know. Uh, convert them to being uh, fans of the Lions as well, because we're a part of that family. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're, obviously, we're going to start with our own backyard, which we're here in the see And then, uh, and, and the province I said to you, and Amy, you probably remember me saying this to you a couple of years ago, you know, the Habs are Quebec's NHL team, the Rocket need to become Quebec's uh, AHL right. team. For all of the province. Well, I'm going to add another to that, <laughs> another line to that saying is our objective is to be Quebec's EC shell team and to represent all Quebecers. And so you, you're right to mention broadcasters. Uh, we hope to have some uh, really good news to announce uh, soon as far as uh, uh, games on TV and, uh, and and having a reach that would reach throughout the province and and also throughout Canada on, 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 on some French specialty channels. Um, and, and and as you just said, and, and try to uh, you know conquer the fans that are that are that are perhaps fans uh, that are throughout throughout the country and, and, and wherever they are. And um, the, the beauty, though, if I come back to the Quebec part, is um, you know something that I, I've always been so, especially coming from the football world originally in my in my, my, my first life, um, was uh, I, I love the 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 devotion to fans like. A guy who comes out of college comes out of like comes out of like like Tom Brady comes out of Michigan. He's always going to be a Wolverine. But he's, he's he's a Patriot and now, a Buck. But he's he's Wolverine, and and fans that will still, especially from that college, you know, follow him forever for that reason. Um, and uh, you you don't necessarily get that as much in some other sports, I find. Now here in Quebec, in the queue, with all the players coming out of the QM. Uh, I can't say it's probably in English. The LGMQ. Uh, I, I don't have the acronym in English. I'm, that's I okay. apologize. Let's call it the Q. Um, they, there's going to be a lot. Those are. That's where we're going to be getting a lot of our players. Guys that fly under the radar. Maybe they were hurt their last year of the, of the draft, or they were just a little too small, or for whatever reason they were a late bloomer. They need an extra year to develop. They're going to come here, or that's our plan. We want to go get all of them. We want to bring all the best of the queue. They fly under that radar and bring them here and dissolve them here and tour here. Um, So the beauty of that is when, uh, you know, a kid that plays for us that played for the Valsejar in Drummondville, that's 40, 45 minutes away by car. We're going to have fans coming in here to see him. We're going to have fans coming here to see players that played for the Cataract, which is 25 minutes up the road. Uh, throughout the province, you're going to have a lot of that, and I think on TV the same thing. They're going to want to see their former player playing at that next level, having that sense of pride. And same thing for players that are playing on visiting team. We're going to be able to market that. We're going to market the fact that, you know, Jean Pierre so and so is playing for Cincinnati, and when the Cyclones come into town, we're going to talk about that because you know fans of that player that maybe played for a Q uh, team here are going to want to see him. So. um it gives us a great opportunity to be able to really grow that fan base. My next,
1: my next question for you, Mark, is kind of is kind of twofold. I'll give you the first part of it first, and that is, let's talk for a moment about you know Quebecers and, and Canadians in in general are very proud of uh, their junior their roots in junior hockey and and those teams across the country in in junior hockey. Um, the ECHL is a whole different, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a whole different algorithm, if, if I can say that. You know, some folks might, are, might not even always be as familiar with the level of talent in the ECHL or the level of competitiveness or really how close it is as one of those stepping stones in pro hockey to getting perhaps to the AHL. And then once you get to the AHL, you might get that break and get a call up to the NHL. So... The first part of my question is, can you just explain to folks why the ECHL is so exciting to watch and follow and and how worthy it is as a league?
0: Well, you, you bring up a really good point. And, and And by the way, before answering that, I'll just say like one of the reasons you're right here in Quebec for years and years and years, it's been junior hockey and the NHL. And the main reason is because we didn't have AHL for so many years, and we've never had ECHL. So one of our main objectives right out of the bat is we need to educate fans on what the ECHL is because they don't know. Some people don't know there's pro hockey. And um, so so that's a, a big part of our communication strategy over the next year. And it was the same in Laval with the Rocket. People didn't know what the heck the AHL was anymore because we've been spoiled in Quebec with only having NHL and the junior. Um, and then... Um, Uh, As far as now how exciting this league is and and the quality of play, I was talking about it with, with Eric Belanger just the other day, he says, people don't realize, he says, I've been watching five games a day the last few weeks, just already scouting and looking at players and doing all kinds of preparation work. And he, and, and he says, "This is this is really good hockey." Mm-hmm. He says, "The playoffs are going on right now. It's fantastic yeah. hockey. People are going to be very pleasantly surprised when they see this up front for real next year." And um, and I think the other part to that question that I want to address is it's also what the ECHL is today because a lot of people in Quebec that do know of the ECHL still have, and, and, and this applies to the HL as well, still had the perception of what it was and you guys know better than better than than anyone how uh you know the the amount of coverage that you've done in both these leagues over the years how the leagues these two leagues have changed a lot um i'd say the ahl in the last 20 years and in the echl in the last 10 to 15 where it's gone from being mostly independent run clubs that are just trying to organize the best hockey and, uh, uh, get, and get the best players possible and put on a show to becoming affiliated with the NHL, being a part of the development process for players, which also allows you to bring in players that are very highly touted um, um, prospects, uh, you know, first, second, third, fourth round draft picks uh, in the A, and and more often than not, maybe third, fourth, fifth, sixth round draft picks, whatever, in the, in the E, where... Um, you, you get those, those NHL uh, 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 talents that, that, that need the extra year or two or three to develop. And so, that vocation as a developmental league for the ECHL is really where I where think this league has really turned the corner and, 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 and turned into something new. And it's very, very different than what the ECHL was in its first years back in the late 80s, early 90s. And so, um, we need to educate people that don't know a lot about the league at all. And we need to re-educate people that think they know a little bit about it because of what it used to be. And I think that's the exciting part, is is seeing that alliance um, and seeing how uh, the the seriousness of the development of the players has has, has grown in leaps and bounds. And also seeing the the really talented young guys that are out there uh, performing uh, with that clear path of, I do well here, I know where I'm going next, and it's an hour and a half down the road. And if that goes well, you can take the metro if you want and get to the Bell Centre. And, uh, and, that, and that's the path we want to you know, draw out for people.
2: Just, just a quick uh, follow-up to that. Um, in order to, to help introduce the, the ECHL uh, to the area, I'm wondering about the connections with the AHL, you know, um, when the Canadian's affiliate was in Brampton, and I remember talking to uh, Colin Chalk, uh, Colin who wore a number of hats there. Um, uh, but head coach, uh, said that, that we expect to get uh, three to five players, three to five skaters uh, from, the AHL, from um, uh, the AHL and a goaltender. Are, are those discussions, do those kind of granular discussions, do they, they happen? And it, would that help you? You know, there, there'll be some names that uh, uh, fans will know from the AHL, and will that help you introduce the ECHL to uh, your community?
0: Well, I think it will, not just because it may be names that people have already heard before, because in many cases, you know, the, the, if there are players in the A that are being sent down here, then they're probably the youngest or the newest, and they're not that well-known. But where it'll help us is, um, you know, we can talk to our blue in the face right now about how players are going to be going up and down, mm-hmm. and and how our, voc- our, our, our our role here is to help develop more players. and. First of all our role here is to win but also develop <laughs> players and send them up to the, to the to the rocket but only once they actually see it happen will it really take effect and so as soon as we get into those first few months of the season and and then you see you know uh, maybe there's an injury in Montreal who ends up calling somebody up from Laval so then Laval calls somebody up from here and and all of a sudden, they see that that movement of players, and and the same thing. Players come the other way, and especially with goalies, I find that you know if you look at the list of players that have played in the ECHL that have gone on to play in the NHL, there's an unusually high number of goalies. One because, as you guys know, goalie is the is the position that sometimes takes the longest to That's develop, right. and that you get the, the the oldest rookies in the league because of that position, and um, and also a lot of goalies coming over from, from maybe playing in Europe that. That, that need the extra time on the North American ice and uh, and style of play to, to get it, to get accustomed to the the speed of play and whatnot. So, um, you know, as soon as we get that, you know, and, there, and I don't know why, you always tend to focus on the goalies. Uh, well, I don't know why in Montreal it's very clear we focus on the goalies. We can go through a long list of names of why. Um, and so they kind of stand out. And so as soon as we may get a goalie that gets sent down here that's a name, um, that's going to be exciting and people are going to see that. But you know, it was the same thing in Laval, right? Like the, like even last summer, when we saw Alex Bilzil on the ice for the Habs in the bubble during the playoffs, boy, oh boy, was that a sense of pride for, for all, the, all the Rocket fans, and um, an and example, and he wasn't the only one over the last few years, as you know, but that's when fans really kind of go, like, okay, I get it now. Like, I, I really see how the Rocket helped develop real players that are going to become real star players or, you know, or, or, or significant players in the roster for the Habs. Soon as we get our first um, from uh, from Torrey that makes his way up and one day puts on the red, white, and blue at the Bell Center, uh, then we will have come full full uh, full circle in telling that story. the
1: The other half of, of that question, of course, is not only um, and I and I really appreciate your answers to both of those questions, and and I certainly concur that you know that that education about what the ECHL and the AHL for that matter currently are is is very important. Um, on the fun side of things, what can fans who will come and watch uh, a Lions game in person this fall? What can they expect for their fan experience? What are what are you hoping to to give them as an experience, particularly if it's the first time they've ever seen an ECHL game?
0: Well, I'm I'm glad you asked that question because and, and you can't see me because I'm right now, but I'll tell you I'm grinning <laughs> ear to ear because so so on the ice. I mean, you know, Marc Andre and Eric have talked about it. They're gonna they're gonna build a, a strong team. They they don't intend on wasting any time to make sure that we have a competitive team on the ice and you're going to see some great hockey but well, over and above that let's talk first about the building okay i'm sitting in the cozy right now in our office the building's not quite done yet but it's almost done um a little under five thousand capacity um, the Cundizé is just, is going to be spectacular. Um, great sight lines, uh, great atmosphere because everybody's going to be in so close. Um, we have a beautiful three-part center hung video board, state-of-the-art. Uh, we have a full power ring. We didn't, we didn't even have that in Laval. We have a full power ring. So the, so the LED that's three or four feet high that goes all the way around the, the, between the first and second level, between the suites and the, and the lower stands um so we've got a lot of fun toys to play with uh we've got 22 <laughs> suites in here that are that are beautiful wow. um it, it is nice as the one at bell center they're they're very big they're actually i think even a little bit bigger in some and uh what's really neat about our suites because they're cantilevered over the lower deck um the first row of the two rows in the suites is the equivalent of 12th row from the wow. X. so you are on top of the action um it's really going to be a, a, a great a, a fan experience And and what I want to finish with is so it's great to have all those toys. It's great to have an F one race car, but if you don't have a a driver to put in it who can who can drive it fast, it's not going to do you any good. So uh, we were able to hire a gentleman who spent I believe 14 years with the Habs, including um, uh, four or five as the uh, top guy on game presentation at the Bell Center. who uh, who has his own business right now and does does a, a few different things, but he uh, will be our, our director of game presentation. And so the 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 level of um, production uh, and the game show and the entertainment uh, that's going to be built around this, um, I feel very bullish on. Uh, we we intend to be uh, every bit as professional and as exciting and fun. Uh, as we were at the Rocket, and as you know, at the Rocket, it was every bit as fun as it was at the Bell Center, uh, and that's a big, big, big part of what um, I, what I see as being the uh, keeping up our end of the bargain. People buy tickets to come here and see a show; it's our job to make sure to give them a show and uh with the pieces that we're putting in place in place right now i I'm, I feel very bullish on that we're, we're gonna we're not gonna discuss
1: well I you know it's it you you just said it you know it's anyone who's been fortunate enough to visit Place Bell in Laval knows that um attending a game there is like a miniature version of attending a game at the bell center um you you get the same feeling from it in, including some of the the same uh, sound effects that are used during the game for for horns and so forth um and it sounds like you're you've, you're well in the way of of doing that uh, by incorporating Twelve Revere into that system as well, so um, I'm sure that will be a lot of fun. Are season tickets available right now? Season tickets
0: are available. We launched them at the same time as we launched our brand last Thursday. Uh, Response has been phenomenal. Uh, things are moving along very, very well, uh, and it's a very affordable product. Uh, season tickets are, are available starting at fifteen dollars and seventy-five cents a game. Wow! So it's under sixteen bucks a game for a season ticket. Um, and even the best seats, we're talking about 20 some odd dollars for seats. There, you know, you you could be between the blue lines behind the bench. Um, and so, a very affordable product, people responded really, really well. Uh, and so, we're really excited about that. So, uh, can't wait to to, to get to October 21st. We're not only kicking off our, our season at home, but we're kicking off. The entire CHL, we play Thursday night, the 21st of October, and the entire rest of the league starts next day. So we're going to get the stage on our own. We're pretty proud of that. We're going to play the Growlers, so we'll have the Habs and Leafs uh, rivalry kick off for the first time, and um, and uh, we're pretty excited about it.
1: Excellent. Well, I know on behalf of me and Rick and all of us here at Rocket Sports Media, uh, we wish all of you the best of luck with it and congratulations on on, on the inaugural season. Uh, I know that we are looking forward greatly to uh, providing coverage of, of the Lions uh, starting this fall uh, on our websites. And uh, Mark Waitman, president and CEO of the 12 Revere Lions, we can't thank you enough for joining us today and uh, kind of giving us a peek behind the curtain of, of how things are going out there. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to it this fall. Well, thank you. So much,
0: Amy, Rick, as well. Um, I appreciate you guys uh, talking a little bit about us, and I, and I can't wait to to have you guys here and come see a game.
1: Rick, I have to say, uh, we had even mentioned to Mark uh, before we started recording the interview that uh, it seems like practically just yesterday uh, that we first met him and and got to interview him uh, when he was with um, Group CH and and at the AHL All-Star Game uh, with with the crew from Laval a a few years ago. Um, And it seems time just flies by. uh, And it was just very good uh, to get to have uh, a nice conversation with Mark again. He is He's always a great interview. Uh, he's so passionate about whatever he's working on, and, and in this case, he just sounds so, so, so excited to get the Twelve Revere Lions uh, off the ground and up and running this fall.
2: For sure, very passionate sports executive, as the experience uh, in knowing to have at first the vision and 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 the imagination and all these great ideas. I remember when we talked to him, he was uh, talking about bringing the All Star Game to. Uh, Laval and That's right. and um, and and now being in this uh, enormous project and bringing the ECHL to Trois Rivières.
1: Absolutely. So we thank Mark again. We we look forward to having him on the show again soon, and uh, for sure we also look forward to taking him up uh, on on coming and seeing a, a game and and covering a game there in Trois Rivières sometime soon. Um, so before we head out, uh, today, I uh, just want to send you on your way with a, with a feel good finale. And really today it's, uh, we I'm calling it, let's hear it for the fans, because really, uh, this has been such a unique season for, for professional sports. You know, it's, it was completely different for the players, for the staff, for the coaches, for management, for sports media. Um, but really the sports fans, were the ones who have been so vocal just about how how much they've appreciated uh, having their favorite teams back on their computer screens and television screens and and radios and so forth and giving them something to look forward to through such a challenging year that we've been through. Um, and Rick, I have to say, uh, you know, a big thank you and a big kind of shout out to all of the fans and followers uh, and loyal listeners that we have, both here at the Press Zone. Uh, at our sister podcast, The Canadians Connection, which you co-host with with Joe Whalen, um, and frankly, our social media platforms across the board for Rocket Sports Media. Um, you've mentioned on the Montreal Canadiens side of things that the All Habs uh, Facebook page has just been going off the charts this playoff season with all sorts of engagement and fans talking, not just commenting on posts and whatnot, but really talking and having friendly debates and conversations with each other on the page uh, and, and on the All Habs Twitter account as well.
2: For sure. And and the reach on, on the All Habs Facebook page has been um, well over a million um, uh, souls uh, throughout the playoffs and, and I think that the most common um, comment that I've heard or, or a compliment that I've heard is that uh, we, the, the Rocket Sports team, whether it be uh, our websites or our podcasts, that we uh, were there week to week. Um, many others... Um, you know, uh, couldn't uh, find content to talk about, and and but they appreciated us being there week after week after week, uh, letting them know what was happening, and uh, and then continuing on once uh, hockey returned uh they appreciate uh, you know our our passion and our loyalty to the fans and and we appreciate how they've returned it to us
1: absolutely and the same uh, Philadelphia Flyers and Lehigh Valley Phantoms and Reading Royals fans uh we haven't forgotten you know you're included in that um you know and and even though the Flyers are currently in a different situation their off season started uh, weeks and weeks ago um we are still there week to week for Flyers fans and our and our Philly market as well. Uh, you know we've we come to you with the podcast every single week. There is always Flyers news and Flyers related news or Phantoms news to talk about um, and. We want, of course, to to see that fan engagement on social media. Uh, you know, le- we should have a little friendly competition here. I mean, who can be more vocal on our on our <laughs> on our social media platforms? The Habs fans on the All Habs pages, or the Flyers fans on our Flyers pages? So I'm going to give you the breakdown right now. You know, at Flyers Rule, it's in it's in the Twitter name. You know, um, so for our Flyers and Phillies fans, or you know, if you're just a hockey fan in general and you want to follow along on Twitter, be sure you're following at the Flyers Report. That is our Flyers coverage Twitter account. On Facebook, you can also follow the Flyers Report on Facebook. That's the Facebook page. If you want to talk about anything Flyers related, do it there on the on the uh, on the the Flyers Report Facebook page. And for both fan bases, whether you're a Montreal Canadiens fan or a Flyers fan. We've got a YouTube channel for you to follow as well uh, for when we produce our exclusive video content. Uh, For Montreal Canadiens fans, you're going to want to follow and subscribe to the All Habs YouTube channel. Um, And for Flyers, there is... You guessed it, the Flyers Report is on YouTube as well. So search for that, go to the Flyers Report, hit subscribe for both channels. Make sure you hit that notification bell. That way, YouTube will tell you when we've uploaded new content for you to watch and enjoy and share. Uh, You don't have to go searching for it. And we just want to say a big thank you to our loyal fans, followers, friends. Um, We do this day in and day out our sports media coverage, our fan reaction coverage from those members of our team, uh, that, that come at things from kind of a fan perspective, our journalists, uh, our analysts, uh, Our graphic designers, our content creators, all of us get here together at Rocket Sports Media because you, the fans, are there each and every week to consume it all. And we are so thankful for that. And uh, we just want to see even more of you on those pages. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Let's uh, let's keep growing this community. Uh, Rick, I think it's been a pretty fun show today. Great um, show.
2: Great guest. Great show.
1: Absolutely. I think there's some pretty uh, intense uh, playoff hockey coming up this week that I think is going to be remarkable and probably pretty memorable. And uh, I think for sure we will be back here again next Tuesday to break it all down. So um, thank you for being here. And Be sure you come back to us again next Tuesday for another incredible episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.